Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus gave that peace to his disciples just hours before his passion. You can read about it in John chapter 14. He knew the hardship and the inner turmoil that was in store for his disciples, and he wanted them to know, as he continued to say in the next chapters, there will be trouble in this world, but he has overcome the world. This is the Living the Word Bible Podcast, and I'm Sarah Chris Meyer, talking with women about the Bible and the difference it makes in our lives. And we have been celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace, and as the world intrudes with news of wars and hatred, I keep thinking of Jesus' words that I just read. You know, his peace is not as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled, he said. His peace, the peace he gives, is heart peace. It's personal peace. And as the song says, you know, peace on earth does begin with me and with you in the inner recesses of our hearts. So how exactly do we find that peace? What stands in the way and how can we clear out the obstacles? Somebody who has given a great deal of thought to this and who brings God's message of peace to people all over the world is my guest today, Barbara Heil. Barbara was baptized Catholic as a child, but later she became a Protestant missionary, evangelist, and pastor before being confirmed in the Catholic Church. Together with her husband, Jeff, she has a worldwide and very ecumenical ministry called From His Heart Ministries. She leads worship seminars and retreats and mission trips, offers prayer and counseling, and teaches God's truth. So, Barbara, thank you so much for joining me today. I am delighted to be here, Sarah. You know, when we last spoke, maybe a week ago or something, you were getting ready to address an online group of women who were from London and Lebanon. What was your ministry there? What were you doing? We are just uh, going through the scriptures together. It's a really fun group. Some of them are in Lebanon. Some of them are Lebanese in London. We have people in Paris, Poland. Sometimes it's about seven different countries, European nations. So we just do teaching monthly. It's just been powerful. What an interesting thing to have people all over the world. I know you've been to the Middle East so often and you have friends, you know, Jews, Christians, Israelis, Arabs, Palestinians, Muslims, all of those. And right now that is just in such turmoil. Uh, your heart just must be breaking over that. Oh, I, it is terrible. And I have friends whose sons and daughters are serving with the Israelis. I have Lebanese friends who have Israeli fighter jets flying over their houses. I have Arab Palestinian friends who are Christian, not uh, involved in any of the political stuff that really love Jesus, mm-hmm. and there's such uncertainty. But the thing that all of them have in common is they have such an, ins- an assurance of their new life in Christ that they know mm-hmm. this this world is not their final destination, wow. and they can love their enemies. They're pol- they really have no enemies. They really try not to get pers- have personal enemies, and uh, we can only do this through Christ. And it's it's radical when your country is fighting another country to say, I can't have animosity towards these people, although I am hurting for my own people. We are praying for peace to come. 
And that requires a letting go on our part of, of needing an outcome that looks like the way we want it to be. Hmm. And uh, so there's people right now that are walking through that all over the world that are living out on a radical level how not to be offended in a huge way. Wow. It is so hard. And I think it's, I mean, it's almost ironic that that's the place in the world where our Lord chose to be born. And a lot of these, you know, conflicts just go back for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years. And yet the message of Jesus was to bring peace. And so can we say that he brought peace when he came? How do we bring this kind of peace into our lives? Well, even for us, we have our own places of conflict, misunderstanding, confusion, anxiety, um, even having been um, victimized. Some of us have been victimized. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have to be in the Middle East to, to be in a battlefield. All of us have been through the battlefield of our lives. Some of us have walked through landmines. It's learning the secret of peace is in forgiveness. Uh, When Jesus tells us to forgive others, it's not just so that I can have a happy life. It's so I can serve Jesus. Hmm. He being the Prince of Peace and being the one that brings radical mercy invites me into his life. See, I don't need to get something God has. I know Jesus has peace. Yeah. We, we get this mindset that I've got to get peace from God. And, and then that's hard uh, because I, I kind of picture myself outside and I'm still judging things by my outward circumstances. But the truth is, by virtue of my baptism and my life in Christ, I'm not, I'm not separate from God trying to get his peace. He is peace. Hmm. He is mercy. When I came to Christ, I was born into mercy. When I came to Christ, I was born into peace. It's not just something he has. It's part of the nature of who he is. Hmm. And when I learned to find my identity in who Christ is, instead of just thinking I need to keep trying to get what he has and maybe he doesn't then we get these kind of crazy false theologies of well maybe he doesn't have that for me wow even though we read it in scripture we start kind of making excuses well i don't have this because he hasn't given me as much grace as he's given sarah see that's faulty thinking you are baptized into christ who is the prince of peace i was baptized into his peace. And it's learning to live a life feeding, not just on what gifts he wants to give me, but learning to feed on the life of who he is and finding my identity in that. Easier said than done, though. Yeah. I I mean, that's kind of a mind-blowing thought because, you know, we think we're baptized and sort of something happened. And I don't think we often consider that, that we're born into something and then it's up to us to live within that. How do we unpack the gift, as it were, and live in it? Well, first of all, also understanding, let me just say this as we continue, Jesus, as he commands us to forgive, Mm. and he tells us the Holy Spirit is coming, and he is the comforter, and you're going to forgive, and you're going to know the peace of God, 
nowhere does Jesus call us to do something that we aren't equipped for. Hmm. He calls us to a lifestyle that the Holy Spirit equips us for. It's not about me working up my spiritual life so I can be super forgiving. It's not about me working up this kind of perceived external perfection uh, so that I don't respond or react to anybody in a negative or wrong way. But it's more about the vine that is totally an appendage, totally attached Uh, the branch totally attached to the vine of Christ, drawing on his life Hmm. in my life. In myself, I can't do any of this stuff. But living in him and for him and through him and releasing myself to his life in me, I can begin to forgive even what seems to be unforgivable. Remember, Sarah, Jesus on the cross when his own creation is murdering him. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And at that moment releases to all of us the power to forgive. Hmm. It's not my power. I, I don't have to feel like forgiving to forgive. I can choose to honor what Christ has called me to and come into agreement with what Jesus released from the cross, this power of forgiveness from the cross, the power of forgiveness that's fueled by the Holy Spirit. And I can just choose to lean into that instead of my own strength and understanding. Yeah. The problem with you and me is I say, I don't feel like forgiving. I don't want necessarily to forgive them. I don't want or feel like necessarily uh, forgiving that uncle or that brother or that lady at church or that priest. I don't, I'm not feeling it. And so we get confused because we're waiting for the feeling that I, I am forgiving them Mm -hmm. or the feeling that I experience this great overflow of mercy and I can forgive everybody of everything. No, I'm choosing radical obedience Mm. to to link myself to the life of Christ and link myself to his heart that said, Father, forgive them. And because he releases that forgiveness from the cross, I too now can say, Father, forgive them. They're out of their minds. (laughs) (laughs) Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And he empowers me for a radical obedience. And that's the key. Because in myself, I can't do anything. But as I lean into the work of Christ, I could say, Lord, I'm not feeling it. I don't even, not even sure if I want to. But Lord, you call me to this life of radical mercy and radical obedience. So Lord, I'm choosing. Yeah. To forgive. Lord, I don't understand. I, I don't want to rationalize everything that happened. I'm just choosing to forgive. And part of that is in ourselves, we don't always realize our need to forgive. Sarah, there are, are people, probably listeners today, that aren't fully aware of, of what we're carrying 
That's not from the Lord. And so if I find myself ignoring somebody, dodging somebody, uh, getting agitated when I see somebody, there's, there's red flags that will come up in my life. And when a red flag starts to come up like that, I need to pay attention. Why am I having that reaction to that person that did that to my son? Hmm. Or why am I having that reaction uh, to that person that, that hurt my friend? This kind of judgment that we carry within us, it's a sign that I have not forgiven, that I still have unforgiveness. Criticism is a sign of unforgiveness also. As you were saying that, I thought there's kind of two sides to this. One is that we have this radical, unbelievable power to be able to pass on the Lord's forgiveness to other people. You know, we can choose to do that just like we can be his arms and legs in in helping other people. There's a flip side of that, and that's that if we don't do that, unforgiveness builds up inside of ourselves and then it starts erupting. And these are these other things you're talking about, about judging and bad effects start showing up in us in the way we treat other people and also in our hearts when we refuse to forgive or neglect to forgive other people. And this is where bitterness comes from. Yeah, Many, many people, I pray for people all the time and many, many people battle with inner bitterness Things sometimes that they've never told another soul that they're still carrying. I meet people that are carrying stuff from 5, 10, 15, 20, 40 years ago. A thousand years ago. (laughs) A thousand years ago. They're still bitter about it. It's so Mm deep-rooted that they just think it's just part of them. And it's not part of us. It's attached to us. But it isn't. It isn't who we are Mm -hmm. in Christ. And so we want to get free of this, and we can be free to this. And I I have a dear friend that uh, went on to be with the Lord. His name was Father Ubald. And he said, forgiveness is the secret of peace. Mm -hmm. And radical, I mean, he, he survived a genocide in Rwanda and understood deep, deep trauma, deep suffering, of deep violence and still found it in himself to obey God and forgive his enemies. The man that killed his mother, for example, he met that man and he said, God, I I choose to, he didn't feel like forgiving him. Mm -hmm. He said, I choose to forgive that man. And he went to the man who killed his mother. He was in prison. And he said, I forgive you. And then he prayed for the man and he walked away. And Father Ubald said, Lord, does he really believe that I forgave him? And the Lord said, show him that you forgave him. So Ubald Ubald adopted his two children because their mother had died and their father's in prison. So they were basically orphans. And Ubald raised them, paid for their schooling, and sent them to college as, as evidence. I have forgiven this man. In himself, he could not do it. But he didn't want to become bitter, and he wanted to display to others the power that's in forgiveness and what Christ can do if we actually choose to live this amazing lifestyle that he offers us through the cross. Over the years as he did that, he showed him that he had forgiven him. Was that also about helping himself to feel forgiving? I mean, did he ever talk to you about whether he felt forgiving or if he just chose to forgive? 
what it was was it was his action of forgiveness so that he was living this out and it helped him what it really did was it became a platform because other people saw this Mm -hmm. and the other people around him who were suffering with deep trauma deep bitterness deep unforgiveness he began to teach them that you must forgive your perpetrator. It doesn't mean it was okay. So you must act in a forgiving way. I'm just wondering if that then changes your heart also, because that's a hard thing is not feeling forgiving and then acting like it is. (laughs) Father Ubald said, this is the secret. This is the secret Mm -hmm. for peace. If you want peace, There's people we need to uh, have genuine forgiveness for, but also display that forgiveness. What Ubald found out as he began to teach this is, is that as people embraced radical mercy and didn't just in their heart forgive, but started outwardly forgiving, Mm -hmm. actually living in a way that modeled that they had forgiven the perpetrators, it began to change the culture. Hmm. It began to change the parishes. It began to change the villages. It began to change families and neighborhoods. And in our own lives, first of all, Sarah, we have to be aware, what are the red flags that are telling me? I'm still carrying some some baggage. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I got to get rid of my excuses. A lot of us think, well, can I forgive a man who's dead? Yeah. Can I can I forgive a priest who's dead? That person, I haven't spoke to my brother in in 15 years. Like you don't even know where he is. How it only takes one person to forgive. Well, that's radical because, I mean, are you saying I have to forgive the person who doesn't want to be forgiven? Yes. (laughs) That's us. That's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. They're they're gambling and and casting lots. They're gambling over his robe and and over his clothes. and, And they're mocking him and they're spitting on him. And a spear is being thrust into him. And at the same time, he's saying, Father, they're out of their minds. They don't know what they're doing. And he releases the fullness of God's grace into the earth for people that didn't even know they needed to be forgiven, much less wanted. So what you and I do, Sarah, you raise a great point. What you and I do is we're nursing these offenses. Guess what? Something that looks like a small offense to somebody else might feel like a genocide to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the gamut of things that happen to us or just because we need so much healing, we are easily offended also. When I am like carrying this, very often I will get the mindset, if they'd only say they were sorry, I'd forgive them if they would just say they were sorry. Yeah. If that husband of mine, if that brother of mine, if that sister, um, if that person, if that politician would just do this, then I could, I could forgive them. The Lord is like, no, that's not the way to peace. <laughs> that is still us wanting our will. And it doesn't always work. You know, think of the the prodigal son's brother. You know, the prodigal son asked for forgiveness and he came back, but the brother didn't want to give it. He was too offended. He was offended and that was his issue. Mm-hmm. Offense is always our issue. And I'm going to tell you something the Holy Spirit has taught me, Sarah. 
because I, you know, I, I'm a woman and I have a husband and I have children and I've lived a life and I'm in the church and, and um, I'm not made of Teflon <laughs> and something one day stuck. And the Holy Spirit, as soon as I got in the car, somebody had said something and I was like, oh, you know, just kind of hurt and kind of nursing that thing. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it and rolled it over, then I got offended. Mm-hmm. Then I was all prickles and all, you know, oh, they shouldn't have done that. And then I got all self-righteous and and that. And the Holy Spirit broke through and he said, Barbara, when you're offended, you're the one who's in sin. Wow. And I went, oh, Lord, I don't want to grieve your heart. And I just asked him right then and there to forgive me. And then at my earliest ability, went to reconciliation hmm. and repented for that. Because we want not just the freedom that comes from walking with Christ and Putting on our true identities as the sons and daughters of God, who he looks in our faces and begins to see his reflection in us. We also want to be the people who model what heaven coming into earth looks like. Yes. So beautiful. So beautiful. So for those listening, if you're waiting for someone else to ask forgiveness, forget it. You just choose to obey God and choose to forgive, choose an unoffendable lifestyle, Hmm. choose a lifestyle of radical mercy, because it's really not about getting that person back or getting something from them. It's about leaning into the healer by letting go of everything that is not like him and putting on Christ in our personal lives interiorly and letting it show exteriorly. Our lives become reflections of the mercies of God. So good. I would say this is one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ right now. We have people offended with their women's group. We have people offended in their Bible study group. We have people offended. How about political offense? Yeah. If I don't forgive them and I start letting bitterness well up in me, I'm I'm giving myself over to the actions of somebody else to govern my life, right? I want to take my life back and I want Christ to govern my life and the power of forgiveness. Listen, listen, Jesus said, forgive and you will be forgiven, right? What would happen? If I forgave even the worst offenders in such a radical way that their sin, that the woundedness of the world begins to be healed because I'm choosing to live in agreement with Jesus mm-hmm. instead of joining the, the disunion that's in the world. Because the flip side is true also when we refuse to forgive people, um, particularly when it goes over into criticism and gossiping, and we kind of hold them there in that spot. We freeze them. Yeah. And the Lord showed uh, Jeff and I something last Holy Week. There was so much stuff going on in the news, and my husband's very active and different things. And, and I was just, you know, especially after COVID, for some reason during COVID, 
I felt the need to be glued to the news and the Holy Spirit had to tell me, stop watching that. (laughs) Stop feeding on that. Stop feeding yourself on that. And I looked at my husband. I said, honey, this morning in morning mass, the Lord spoke to me that I had the sin of criticism in Mm. my life and that I was unforgiving toward, and it was these national figures. I said, we can't have this in our hearts. Mm. And I looked at my husband and I said, and you need to get rid of this too. (laughs) (laughs) So we joined hands right there on the the kitchen island where we were having our little meal. We joined hands right there and we repented. Mm. Say, God, we don't want to look like the world. We don't want to take the bait of Satan that wants to keep us captivated with what is happening to us. We want to be fragrant with the life of God. Forgive us, Lord, and teach us to guard our minds and Mm. our thoughts and our hearts. And we just prayed, went to confession later. That thing broke off of us because if I'm offended, I have not forgiven. Mm. If I'm criticizing, I have not forgiven. And if I have not forgiven, I am not free. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt them. It only hurts me. The other thing that happens is if I have unforgiveness, a daughter that's left the church or a husband that's been difficult or unfaithful, and I, we all have our little ways of showing our displeasure. When I have that unforgiveness in my heart, my prayers are not ascending to the Father. I can pray till I'm blue in the face and go on a nine-day novena and a 10-day fast. And as long as I have anger, offense, bitterness in my heart, Jesus himself said, leave your prayer at the altar and go and make amends and then come back and pray. Mm. Because my Father cannot even hear me. So that person's not getting ministered to by God through my prayers because I'm so busy being upset with them. Oh, brothers and sisters, we have this amazing gift to release the heart of Christ into the world. And the enemy is terrified of you using that gift Mm -hmm. of radical mercy. So he will keep you agitated. He will keep you busy on the inside so that instead of releasing the life of God into your marriage, your family, your community, your church community, we're taking the bait of Satan and our prayers are being hindered. This isn't something I came up with. Jesus told us this during his Sermon on the Mount. Sarah, we want to clear our hearts as we're looking forward to this next year. If I want a new year, I need a new me. (laughs) If I want a new year, I need to let go of my old and not Mm -hmm. bring it over the threshold of this new year with me. I need to let go of some stuff. And if you're like me, And I think uh, the older I get, the more I find out we are all so much alike. We don't really even fully understand the depth of our own poverty. 
and the depth of our own need to be the forgiver. Mm-hmm. So we want to ask the Holy Spirit to shine his light on us. I'm not going to examine my own heart. I'm going to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to examine my heart and shine a light on those places that are not right with God, that that I've clung to out of false self-preservation, that I've clung to as a false security that was not a security, became a prison. Places that I clung to of offense and, and opinions about people. Asking the Lord to identify those places in my life. Where, where am I not just holding unforgiveness? Where am I unforgiving? And then the first thing, I, I love that you brought up that you and your husband went to confession then and repented even praying together. So the first thing then is to repent of our unforgiveness. And then the next thing is to ask the Lord to show us, or maybe that's the first thing, to ask the Lord to show us where we've been unforgiving and ask for forgiveness for where we have, and then to go out and do what? Do you have any tips for how we go out and practically forgive people? Well, Jesus says something so incredibly radical. He says, bless those that curse you mm-hmm. and to do good to those who spitefully use you. So I'm not going to go up to Sarah Chris Meyer and say, Sarah, I am really offended with you and you really hurt my feelings and you did this and this and this and this, but I forgive you. <laughs> That's not forgiveness. That's me trying to punish Sarah. Yeah. That's still me wanting to get some skin out of out of her, a pound of flesh out of her. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I I forgive in my heart. And then I go deeper and I say, Lord, why am I prone to this? What's going on in me that needs to be healed where I'm not trusting you? I'm trying to fix myself by looking down on others. Remember, remember, critiquing others and putting others down is a false way of building ourselves up. You know, Lord, is that what's going on? Am I trying to make myself feel a little more superior? by putting that person down. No, I, I repent of those things. I ask the Lord what the root is. I let him show me my heart. And then I make an honest repentance to God. And then if I've, if I've offended somebody and I've been ugly to someone, yes, I'm going to go to that person and say, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to say it was because I'm menopausal. I'm not going to say it was because I was having a bad day. I'm not going to say it was because of what you did to me when I was seven. I'm just going to say, please forgive me. What can I do? How can I bless you? Hmm. And if it's not something like that, that that I've done, that I can ask forgiveness for, if it's somebody that's hurt me, I'm going to go out of my way to do an act of kindness for them. Go out of my way to bless that person. Listen, my mother left me and my brothers when I was 12. And after I came to the Lord as a student, I began to learn through scripture that I needed to forgive my mother. Hmm. But I remember I read, honor your mother and father in scripture. I didn't have a normal mom like everybody else did. But I took that scripture, honor your mother and father. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to start reaching out to my mom. I just started calling her, you know, just 
Even if she wasn't available, I just kept calling her. I was just going to honor my mom. You're my mom, so I'm going to bless you. You're my mom. Doesn't matter what you did. You're my mom. I'm responsible for what I can do. I'm going to call her. I started sending her gifts. I started sending her little cards. Now we're good friends. Mm, Now we're good friends. But I needed to do something. And this is what radically merciful people that are drinking from Christ and letting Christ define their lives. This is what we look like. Verse 44 of Matthew chapter 5. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who have spitefully used you and persecute you so that you may be called the children of God. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good. I want to be known as a child of God. And the way that I am known, even by God, as one of his children, is how I repay those who don't know what they're doing. Mm. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us. But this is, uh, this is the way of the Lord. This is our baptismal life. And we want to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Another verse I really love that I wrote down is Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the chosen of God, holy and beloved, that's you and me, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must forgive them. Beautiful. I love um, the one you, you read about blessing those who, uh, who curse you and doing good to those who despitefully use you. And I watched my father put that into action over many years of blessing someone who had cursed him and despitefully used him and done a great deal of damage. And I watched the healing powers at work over the years as when the thoughts would rise up in his mind, he would just start saying, bless this person, God, bless this person. And he couldn't say more, and it he didn't feel it for a long time, but he tells how over the years he was able to forgive not only in his action, but also in his heart. It was a beautiful testimony. So beautiful. I would like to close by praying with one of these, and you've just rattled off so many of them. I hardly know what to choose, Um, but I think I'll I'll start with that, what you read from Mark 11 and move over into Luke 6. Just some of the words of Jesus that are directed to us, it can seem difficult, but as you pointed out at the beginning, Jesus did this first, and we are born into him, and we live in him, and his peace is in us, and he can flow that peace through us if we allow him to. Yes, and absolutely essential to this is understanding nowhere does Jesus call us as his disciples to do something that he doesn't equip us for through the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit has come to empower us to live what Jesus taught us. And so we want to invite the Holy Spirit. We want to surrender to the Holy Spirit and really start listening to what's going on inside of us, listening for the voice of the Lord. 
listening for what he wants to put his fingers on in our life. I just want to say, Sarah, before we pray, oftentimes when we have these topics, people suddenly have a list with 25 things on it or 50 things or, you know, just this big list, this, 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 and this. And so what we want to do is you want to ask the Holy Spirit, who are you calling me to forgive today? Hmm. Who am I called to forgive today? Just one or two. Who am I called to forgive today so that I can deeply forgive? Inviting the Holy Spirit to help me to forgive and then forgive as an act of obedience Mm -hmm. out of my love for God. And just like Sarah with your dad, the more he practiced that, he blessed instead of cursing. Mm -hmm. And the more he practiced that, he was changed. He was changed. And I like to think that the person was changed also. Absolutely. It releases the hand of God to answer our prayers for the people and and the situations that we're praying about. Very powerful. Very powerful. Come Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to receive your word. And I'm going to be reading here from Mark 11:25, and then Luke 6, starting in verse 35. The words of Jesus. Whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. What a great blessing that gift of forgiveness is. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we pray for peace in our troubled world, but we also pray for the peace that passes understanding in our hearts, and especially the peace that comes from forgiving those who have hurt us. Help us to gain a new appreciation for your mercy and to pass it on to other people. Thank you for your word and for the life and strength it brings. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and ponder what you say to us in Scripture. Give us grace to love and live your word in our daily lives through our Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Word, pray for us. So, Barb, thank you for sharing your heart and God's love with us today. Is there anything that you'd like to add? I just want to say God bless you. And as you're going into the new year here, we're heading, we're going down the road into 2024. uh, Make this a priority. I want to go in with a clean slate. I want to go in not carrying the old with me into the new. If I want a different year, if I want a different heart, it's time to let go so I can receive what God wants to pour out into our lives. Amen. That sounds like a good New Year's resolution, probably for all of us. (laughs) Thank you. 
Thank you all for listening. And you can find Barb and her ministry schedule at fromhisheart.com. And you can hear more from her on this podcast on a previous episode she recorded with me called How to Hear and Recognize the Voice of God. And she also has several reflections in the Living the Word Bible, which are listed under her name in the index. This is Sarah Chris Meyer, and this has been the Living the Word Bible Podcast. I wish you a joy-filled new year full of blessings. And to quote 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and in love. God bless you as you read His Word.